For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We are back with a post-game instant reaction episode of the Testudo Talk podcast. I'm Emmett Siegel. As always, I'm here with Andrew Chodis, and we just watched Maryland football lose to Penn State in very convincing fashion, 51-15, to 15, um, just overall complete dominance from the Nittany Lions. I think we both expected Penn State to win this game. I'm not sure either of us totally expected Penn State to win this game in such dominant fashion and for Maryland to look so uncompetitive. It extends Maryland's losing streak to four games, which is their longest since 2019. They lost seven games that year in a row. We're now looking at three games left in the season. Maryland's on a four-game losing streak. It's starting to feel like this team might lose seven games in a row to end the season. Yeah, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility. And you know the Maryland fight talking how it goes, Maryland will win. I think it should go Maryland will lose because right now they've because no because they've lost four in a row but they they had all this confidence and external you know the media oh this team could win nine games and now they're five and four and they they look really bad um defensively they they can't make a stop in in two straight games uh they lost the turnover battle for nothing uh again early mistakes kind of hurt them a lot uh it was the tie felt and fumble early on uh going for it on fourth and one and they did the uh, the fourth down special, the uh, the shotgun rush. Antoine Littleton get stopped. So they also did the uh, the fourth and one um, decoy. Antoine Littleton hand off. Handoff oh yeah, sorry, sorry, no. It, and then threw it to court. Yeah, yeah I, I was wrong. No, so it was they the, did also do a yeah. short yardage. So, so it was it was the third and one. Yeah, no. So there was the third and one rush uh, to Antoine Littleton. My, my apologies, which they didn't get. It was the fourth and one. They did the play action to Littleton, throw it to Corey Dyches behind the sticks. You should never throw behind the sticks on a short yard situation, in my opinion. But yeah, it's it's a lot of bad is happening right now for for Maryland football. Man, that's all I have. Yeah, I mean, there's I don't know if there's much more to say. Um, big picture, just because everything is going wrong for this team right now. Um, it feels like they can do. It feels like just every time that they have an opportunity, they can't take advantage of it. Yeah. You know, they get the ball to start. Um, you know, the drive didn't do too much, right? They they turn it over on downs, but then the next drive after Penn State scores. They're marching into Penn State territory. They're getting close to the red zone. It looks like they're going to have an opportunity to punch it in, tie the game, whatever. You turn it over on downs, you stay in the game. Yeah. It is what it is. And then Ty Felton fumbles, and then Penn State goes down and scores again. It's That was you know a couple drives later, but it's 14-0 when the first quarter ends and just the way Maryland's offense was working. I know they get the touchdown to, to Roman Hemby, and, and it's a one-score game, but it just never felt like they had the firepower to compete yeah. with Penn State. And that Penn State defense was so rock solid, yeah. as advertised, as Mike Loxley said, yeah. that it just never really felt like Maryland had a chance. Even when the scoreline was close, it never really felt like a super competitive game. Yeah, well, no, in Penn State, they have one of the best defenses in the country, along with Michigan, obviously the, the, the top two in the Big Ten. But at Maryland, they were able to drive down the field early in the game. And Talia Tagovailoa completed his first 21 passes for almost 200 yards. 
had the touchdown. But again, it's the tie felt and fumble. It's, it's the failed conversions on that third and one, the fourth and one when you're at midfield, you're in Penn State territory. So it's that stuff which constantly has hurt the Terps. It's those self-inflicted mistakes. And then as the game went on, and we mentioned this in our preview, Penn State's a team that kind of wears you out. And they did exactly that, right? It was 20, went to seven. And the next thing you know, it's 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 31 to seven. And then they just run the ball. They run the ball, play action, screen. The screen pass killed Maryland today. I, I don't yeah. even know how many times I can count where it was the, it was a screen pass or it was the quarterback draws uh, that that Penn State would do. Drew Allen was fantastic. Really, really had good. Had four touchdowns. Made he he made no mistakes. That's the thing. He made no mistakes. I think he had close to 300 yards. Those four touchdowns. He had a, he had a, he was really successful uh, successful on the ground as well. So Penn State played such a clean game, such a clean game. They were so efficient. And Maryland, they did not play a clean game. They weren't efficient, especially in the second half. Obviously, the game was, it was, I think it was 30, 34 to 15, or was it? Uh, I think it was at one point. It was, I, I think it was, it was 38 to 15. That was, and then Maryland has, uh, they, they turned the ball over on three of their last four drives, right? And it's, you know, and I, there was a point where Maryland was down two possessions and Talia Tagovailoa throws an interception, Penn State scores. Next drive, Tagovailoa fumbles, Penn State scores. So it's, it's the stuff like that, right? It's just all the momentum just went straight to Penn State. But I, before you talk, I, I want to – sorry, I know I'm talking a lot. Go for it. Uh, the one thing There's I want to add is that Talia Tagovailoa, he was not to blame for this loss. I no, know he no, had those. No, no. But, I, I, again, I, I know the fans, oh, Tagovailoa, he can't win a big game. So uh, what, I'm, what I'm saying is that – he was really efficient. It was the people, the guys around him, the coaching staff on the sideline. The decision making was not his fault. The end of the game turnovers that was just kind of a byproduct of how the game was going. So th- this was a a team loss, not not a loss that was that's pinned on Tagovailoa. Yeah, and the quote that um, stood out to me from uh, Loxley's press conference after the game was that Penn State. I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but Penn State beat us 51 to 15, but they're not 51 to 15 better than us. Break. You know, I and I was talking, I was, I was, I was talking about this with, with you and, and some other, some other reporters that are covering the team as well. And you know, you're looking at it and you say, okay, maybe it got got out of hand a little bit towards the end. That happens. Maybe this wasn't truly that big of a margin of defeat, even though they were in control. They weren't necessarily scoring at will. But then you look last year, thirty to nothing. You get two years of it's pretty close. Maryland wins one of those in the COVID year, where Penn State, you know, has its worst year in, in a long time. Then you go before that. It's the infamous game here where, you know, Penn State blows them out of the water by 50 points. Then you're looking back and you're just seeing these big score lines. And, you know, I understand what Loxley's saying. I don't. That he, I mean, I understand why he's saying it, but I don't agree with it. And I think that what today proved is what we've been saying for a while. And I think what a lot of people are starting to realize is that this can't be a rivalry until this is in any way competitive. Maryland is 343 and one all time against Penn State. They're just not competitive against Penn State. The game against Ohio State earlier this year, you know, you saw that Maryland competed with them, but but ultimately didn't have what it took to get over the edge. And Penn State didn't either. Ohio State is ranked number one in the college football playoff bowl for a reason. That is an outstanding team. When you start stacking games like this, you talk about narrowing that gap between you and the elite teams, losing streak aside, record aside. This program is just so far from that, and it feels like there's so much negative momentum surrounding this program that, like I said when we introduced this episode, it's starting to feel like this team is not going to win another game for the rest of the season. And if if, if they finish the season five and seven after starting five and zero, oh, I mean that is what a disaster. You know, this team might go bowl 
eligible. They might win next week at Nebraska. You know, maybe they'll beat Rutgers. Um, I know Rutgers gave Ohio State a little bit of a scare too this week, but you know, they're, they're not going to be Rutgers. They're proud. They're, they're going to be underdogs in every game from now on. And I just don't, after watching this game, it just compounds what I was already thinking, which is I do not have any confidence in this Maryland team to win another game this year, no matter who they're playing. And that's, that's just what kind of where I stand. Yeah, no. And, and I, I know we talk about this every single pod over the past two weeks. So I don't want to hound on it, but again, it, it really is like every other year. 4-0 2020, uh, the, after COVID, so 2021, 4-0, last year, sort of 3-1, and and then everything. And this year is just the icing on the cake. I mean, 5-0, and and then the second half of the season comes, and it all falls apart. I mean, Maryland, they've still yet to win a uh, post-bye-week game under Mike Loxley. So I get once conference play comes, it's just – it seems to all fall apart for Maryland. Maryland has been in the Big Ten since t- 2014. They have zero ranked wins against a conference opponent. That is that's embarrassing. Yeah, and that's especially especially when you're playing at least three, at least usually three. Yeah. every year. Yeah, at, at so. least three, every every single year. So I, I it's just Maryland, you know, they they are who we thought they they were, right? I I mean it's there's there's always optimism. It seems like they always start well, and then it seems like they always go downhill at game four, five, six, and this year has been this has been crazy. This has been, this has been about as dramatic as I've seen it. I mean, we've definitely seen, like you yeah. said, the drop offs. You know, I think about uh, twenty twenty one when they started four and zero, and then everything happens in the Iowa game, and Demas gets hurt, and then Jay Sean Jones gets hurt, and it just all completely falls apart. They still ended up, you know, six and six, going to a bowl game, and they won a bowl game, which at the time felt like okay, they fell off. They maybe weren't quite as good as we thought they were at the beginning of the season, but. This is a team that hadn't been to a, hadn't won a bowl game in like 10 years. You know, it was a big deal to do that. And then the next year you win one extra game, even though there is stuff you left on the table, you still feel like it's trending positively. It just feels like not even talking about this game specifically, not even just talking about the last four games that, you know, they, they haven't won in the last four games. Just looking at this from a big picture, it really just feels like this program is just cratering right now. It feels like, everything is 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 on the table you know i don't like i don't think like heads are going to roll at this point early because you know we talked about this a little bit the financials don't really work out and you know you probably have to start stacking seasons like this in order for, for anything really really drastic to happen but when you look at the future outlook we talked about the schedule coming up and you look at you know what the roster makeup might be and some of the people you're going to lose it's Kind of hard to be optimistic after the season. No, and 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 I know obviously I think Emmett knows this. I'm I'm one of the biggest pessimists you'll find, especially when it comes to uh to Maryland athletics, but I don't think it's I don't think I don't think it's absurd to to call this season a, a disappointment teetering on the on the edge of a failure. I yeah, mean, I mean it especially if they were to end the season well six and six, five even, and seven. Even so, I mean, you mentioned right, twenty twenty one. They 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 go bowling. It's yeah, we we went bowling, right? I remember all the social media. You know, they were, yeah, it was it, a, it was, it was a big deal. I mean, going bowling for a lot of teams is an accomplishment. For this program, it it felt like you were past the point where making a bowl game is and the then, goal. No, but, then, but now it feels like that's like what you're striving for at this point. But but then, but then even last year, I mean. You finish the season, provide with the bowl game, you have eight wins. Oh, okay. So you get two games better or a game better. This season, all right, it's Talia's final year. You have your best roster in a while. This is the season. This is the season. This is not the season, Evan. No. <laughs> this, 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 this has not been the this, season. This, this, this has not been the season. Um, 
but it, it's it, it. I think it, it's so tough, right? Because there's always the, there, there's always this this notion about Maryland football is how they're so close, but they're not there. And I think the past two years, it's well, let's let's kind of let's remove that that narrative. We have a chance to to, to fix that, and. You have close games, and it's it's almost it's so weird because you have the close game against Michigan early, you know, early in the season, and then Maryland season goes sort of downhill year, after that last year. This season, you have that close game against Ohio State, it fell apart late. It was a competitive game. It was a competitive two competitive games against the two of the best teams in the country, and then after that, it seems like the team almost gets a little demoralized, right? Well, Maryland was close against Ohio State last year too, and then oh, that, that is true. That that is true. I was actually in Michigan for that game. For for, for the while the Ohio State I, I, game was going on, I was in I was in Ann Arbor while the Maryland Ohio State game was going on, and that game. Michigan almost lost to Illinois. It's a crazy game. Jake Moody game when he field goal. Big uh, big game in the big, I digress. In the big tennis. I digress. Um no, but 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 for, for Maryland, obviously there's so much disappointment around the season, um, around the program, a lot of question marks. But I do want to mention something that you said of how nobody's leaving because financials, right? I mean, Mike Loxley just signed an extension. For, yeah, for anyone that yeah, Mike like, Loxley's not going anywhere. I you know, I know that there's a lot of people upset, a lot of people are saying we're seeing the same stakes, whatever it is. Mike Loxley's not going anywhere after this year. You know, I, I once again, I get why people are frustrated. I understand that. I think it's it's hard not to be frustrated when you see this team and you just think about maybe what could have been, but then you just have to look at it from a realist point of view and think about where Maryland's coming from financially, where Maryland was as a program before Loxley took over and the decent job he's done, at least building it up to a reputable stance. Yeah. Like Mike Loxley's not going anywhere. Um, you're probably not going to start, you know, firing all sorts of coordinators and stuff. I know people are really upset about the play calling, which we should talk about. Um, um, maybe it's because Josh Gattis, he's not, he's not able to know what the other defense is playing. Maybe there's something to it. Let's, let's talk about that though. Maryland handed the ball off seven times today. Oh my God. Okay. Hold Hand on. the ball seven for, times, for, threw it 40 times. For anyone who read my, my grades from last week and the takeaways from the week before, in both those stories I mentioned, I have no idea. It makes no sense why Maryland refuses to run the ball. Again, Penn State has the best run defense in the Big Ten. And Maryland finished with Maryland finished with negative rushing yards today. Forget that. They were never they don't even try to establish the run game. Do you know do you know what their longest rush was today? No. Not not including a scramble. Two yards. Half that. One yard. One yard was their okay. longest rush by but, a running back. But, but again, if, if you don't try to run the ball, it's never going to be successful. You have to try at least. I mean, it, it's it, it, there's a direct correlation against the Illinois game. Talia talking a little close, throws close to 40 passes. He throws 47 against Northwestern, and today he throws. They threw 40 passes as a team. Billy Edwards, I think, had one. Okay, so he threw 39 passes, and you run the ball seven times. What? I, I I don't get it, and it just it makes no sense. Um, Kevin Sumlin was back on the silence today. Actually, if we want to touch on that, I don't know if he was involved in the coaching. I would assume he wasn't. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I don't think he had anything to do with, with that decision okay. making. I think a lot of that is is a personnel thing. Yeah. Um, because you saw the offensive line just got hammered today. Uh, gave up six sacks, ten tackles for loss. Maryland generated one sack, and I think yeah, two tackles for loss. Yeah. Um. I don't think Maryland has any confidence it can run the ball effectively. Right. I don't think Maryland has any confidence in its ability to generate big plays that aren't through the air. But when you can't give your quarterback any protection yeah. and when your quarterback, who, like you said, played pretty well today, isn't necessarily able to to make that, that next step and you're leaving points on the field the way that you did with the Ty Felton fumble and stuff like that, 
that's how you get results like we saw today and yeah. what you've seen over the last month from this yeah. team. Overall, Maryland was was outplayed in all three facets um, of the game. Disappointing loss and a grim outlook on the season, I think, is the way to wrap it up. Yeah, and for anyone that's watching on video, uh, we are being told to leave. We are, yeah. you know, uh, uh, some room here in the stadium. So we are being told to leave. So we are going to cut this uh, cut this episode short. You know, we don't want to ramble on for too long because we've. you could probably just listen to our recap of the Northwestern game. And it, yeah. It's most of the same thoughts. This team is just kind of in a free-for-all yeah. right now. Three games left. Who knows if they'll win a single one? We'll see. Um Message for optimism. We'll have a basketball preview episode on probably Monday morning. Well, I do want to add one thing because you mentioned the Loxley stuff. He's not leaving. And if you're a Maryland fan, you have to rally and support the guy and the team because this is what you're going to have for the next few years. So if you want to jump, you know, jump ship and be a basketball fan, I would advise against that. Be a basketball fan, but also rally and support uh, Mike Loxley and the Maryland football program. There are three games left in the season and, uh, We'll see what happens. You can keep up to date with all of our coverage here on the podcast feed and at this. Okay. (laughs) And at testudotimes.com. Thank you all for listening. We will see you for our basketball uh, preview episode in a couple days. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks. That's what our podcast. People are the worst brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming. And we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.